When you vamos, Lamed Vav, Amar Aleph, towards the bottom, and on 36A3 in the article Gemara. The Gemara has been discussing this machlokas, this dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. What happens in a situation where uh, the husband passes away without any children, and his wife, the wife of the deceased husband, is pregnant, uh, whether or not doing chalitza or even would actually work. Even if, let's say, there's a miscarriage, and so from the original couple, they do not have a child, even so, does it even work to do yibam or chalitza while she is pregnant? Rabbi Yochanan said it does work. Rish Lakish says it does not work. So the Gemara now says that we paskin, we follow the position of Rish Lakish. Even though in general, we follow the position of Rabbi Yochanan, in this situation, we follow the position of Rish Lakish. And Rava now says, Amar Rava, Hilchaz HaKavasad, Rish Lakish, Bahanitlas, Chad HaDamran. Rava says that the halacha follows the position of Reish Lakish in a situation where there's a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. There are three situations. Uh, with regards to three halachic decisions, we follow the position of Reish Lakish over Rabbi Yochanan, and this is one of them. He says the, the first one is, is our dispute about doing chalitza or yibum when uh, the wife of the deceased, the sister-in-law, is pregnant. There are two other cases. Now, the commentators do point out that the truth is is that it's not limited to just these three cases. There are other cases as well where we follow the position of uh, Reish Lakish, but perhaps this is the only time where only Reish Lakish follows this position. In other cases, it's Reish Lakish and others who have a certain position, and we follow that position. But in this case, or in these three cases, it's only uh, Reish Lakish. So the Gemara now is going to explain the other two cases. And these other two cases have absolutely nothing to do with Yibam or Yivamos, but once we're on the topic of when we follow the position of Reish Lakish, they discuss two other cases. And these two other cases happen to also be uh, discussions which are found in Baba Basra. Both of them are found in the tractate of Baba Basra, which the, the end of the eighth chapter discusses uh, laws of Yerusha, of inheritance. Uh, and so these two Mishnayos come up in that chapter. And so the first case is as follows. Idach. Uh, the other one, a second dispute between Rabbi Yochan and Rish Lakish in which we follow the position of Rish Lakish, is as follows. Detnan. It says in a Mishnah in Mesechah's Baba Basra, with regards to Yerusha, with regards to inheritance, HaMechalek Nechosav Al-Piv Riba Lechad Umiya Lechad Vehishva Lehem Asabachor Dvarav Kayamim. So the scenario is where somebody is on their deathbed. There are certain leniencies that we have with regards to uh, acquisitions when it comes to somebody who's on his deathbed, his or her deathbed. In general, in order to make an acquisition, it does not work just just through speaking alone. There's a whole discussion about what is viewed as a, a proper transaction as an, and an improper transaction. Uh, so hopefully we'll get to it at some point in time. But... Through words alone, in general, it's not viewed as a proper transaction, as a legal transaction, unless the person is on his or her deathbed. If she's uh, very, he or she is very sick, so then through words alone, that would work. It would work to create a kinyan, to create a transaction. And they say on their deathbed, the person says on their deathbed, to divide up their property, to give one more than uh, more to one person, less to another person, or to give the firstborn the same amount as everybody else. And they say that this is how it should be divided up. So that works. Even though 
the Torah really has its own set of laws of how to divide up the Yerusha, uh, the property of the deceased. Uh, there's uh, there's Psukim, the verses discuss exactly how to divide it up. But if a person uh, wants to give away his property before his death, so then he is allowed to do so. He's allowed to give away his property before his death. He's allowed to, even though the Torah says that once a person dies, so then the firstborn should get double uh, the Yerusha, the inheritance over the other siblings. Uh, but if, the, if, a, if a parent wants to, so then they could uh, stipulate, and that's the case here where they say so on their deathbed, that this should be given in, in equally distributed uh, before the person dies. And then that would work. As long as it's said that it should be given over as a gift before the person dies, so then that would work, even if it goes against the Torah's understanding of how Yerusha should be divided up, how the Torah understands how the, uh, the property should be, should be divided up. Um, as long as one says it in a way where it's a gift for now, so bef- meaning before the person passes away, so then that would work. However, if they use language that I am dividing it up based on Yerusha, based on inheritance, which gives the implication that it should be divided up after the person passes away, that does not work. That refers to this is going against what the Torah has to say, and therefore it's not even viewed as legally acceptable. Since it's uh, going against what the Torah has to say, it is not accepted. The Mishnah continues. Kasav, Bein B'tzchila, Bein B'sof, Bein B'emsa, Mishum Matana, Dvarv Kayamen. It says that, let's say you are not no longer saying it out loud, but you are writing it down. The case here is where you are writing it down in the document. And in the document itself, at some point in the document, when you are now stating that you are giving this uh, this property to uh, a child or to some person, as long as within that, that document it uses the language of a matana, of a gift, meaning with, which has implications that it's a gift for right now, even if it also uses the language of Yerusha, of inheritance, even if it has both, the Mishnah tells us that since at least at one point in time it uses the language of a gift, whether it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end, so then that works. We assume that when they use the language of Yerusha of inheritance, it doesn't really mean inheritance for after the person dies, but it, that it should be given over beforehand. Because it uses a language of, of uh, Matana at some point in time. As long as it's mentioned at some point in time in the document that it's a Matana, that it's a gift. So then even if it also uses the language of Yerusha, that it's inheritance, uh, we would assume that the person meant that uh, it should be given over before his death that uh, should be given over as a gift right now and not after as an inheritance. Okay, that is all from the Mishnah. Now, turning the page to Lama Vav and Be'ez, Rish Lakish says, Bama Rish Lakish, and this is how we come, came onto this topic because we follow the position of Rish Lakish here. Rish Lakish says, L'olam lo kana ad sh'yomer ploni uploni yirshu sada plonis uploni sh'nesatim lahem b'matana v'yirashum. Essentially, we, there is a dispute in the Gemara there in Baba Basra. What about in the following scenario? Where I, the person who is uh, who is uh, writing this or saying this verbally on their deathbed, they want to, uh, they say it in such a way where they're giving it to multiple people, they're distributing their property uh, to multiple people, and for one person they use a language of a gift, that this is a gift, to another person they use a language that it's Yerusha, that it's inheritance. So the Mishnah says that within one document to one person, as long as you use the language of a gift once, so we assume the entire time it means a gift. But in this scenario, 
it's a little different because you only use the language of a gift to one person. But to the other person, you use the language of inheritance. So the question is, do we, uh, do we say that the person, even though uh, verbally or even in the document they, they said or wrote down um, that, it's an, that it's an inheritance, but because the language that they use with regards to the other person was a gift, so maybe it always meant, he always meant a gift. Are we allowed to change the way he said it? Uh, so this is a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shalkash. Rabbi Yochanan says, yes, as long as he used the language of gift to one person, we could assume that it's a gift to everybody, and it would work. It would completely work. Rabbi says, no, you have to use the language of a gift at some point in time to each person that you're giving it to. Each person that you're distributing it to, you have to use the language of a gift, because otherwise, if you only use a language of Yerusha, of inheritance, to one person, and you never mention a language of it being a gift... So then that's Masna Masha Kasuba Torah. That's going against what the Torah has to say because a Yerusha inheritance really uh, is only takes place after death. After death, the Torah says exactly how to distribute it. The Torah already said, tells us how to uh, distribute it. So this is the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. And in this case also, we follow the position of Rish Lakish. Case number three. Now case number three where there is a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish and we follow the position of Rish Lakish is as follows. A very interesting case. It also says in the Mishnah in Baba Basra, what happens in the following scenario? A person writes down that he's giving all of his properties to his son for him to acquire after the father's death. Uh, but the way that it is, it is, it is uh, written down is that it should, uh, it should take place from today. It should take place from today, but... The rights, meaning the son gets the, the principal, gets the substance of the property right now, but the rights to the property will only be transferred after the father's death. Essentially, the father is making sure that the son would get it, so therefore uh, the son acquires the substance of the property itself, the principal, right now, before the father's death. But the father now, he still says that he the father has the rights He's holding back and, and allowing himself to have the rights to use the property, to use the land, to use it until his death. And once he passes away, so then the rights also now go to the child. And so he phrases it in such a way that it will take place right now. So the substance of the property, the, the, the principle of the property will be transferred over to the child, to the son. And the father will still have rights to use the property until his actual death. And then it will be transferred to uh, the son, uh, that final that final part of the rights to use it will be transferred to the son. So the law is, in such a scenario, does the father have the right to sell his portion of the field? And also, does the son have the right to sell his portion of the field? So the, the mission says as follows. Essentially, Neither one can make a complete sale. The father cannot make a complete sale of the field after he does this because he gave the principal to the son. And the son cannot sell the field because still the father has rights to use the property. What works? Machar av, however, if the father did sell the property, so then, So if he sold the property, so then the buyer, what did the buyer acquire? The buyer acquired whatever the father had. The father had certain rights to the property. And so if he, if your father sold the property, so then the buyer can now use the property until the death of the father. And that's what he's selling. That's what he has the right to sell. So the father could sell that part of it. He can't sell the entire thing, the entire field, 
but he could sell the rights to the property until his own death, until his own death. And then it will be given over to the child. Machar ben, let's say the son then sells uh, the fact that he owns, the son doesn't have rights to the property, but he owns the uh, the substance of the property itself. So in such a scenario, the buyer has nothing until the father dies. The buyer cannot take any of the produce while the father is still alive. And then once the father dies, so then the sale takes effect in full, and then the buyer could have rights to the produce because the father has rights to the produce until the father's death. So when the son sells it, it goes to the buyer, but the buyer cannot really use it until the father dies. Now, the Gemara will focus on this last case of the son selling the actual substance, substance of the property, the, the principle of the property. And again, the law is that the buyer cannot use the property until the father passes away. And because the father has the rights to the property until he passes away. So the buyer cannot use the property until the father passes away. Now, the big question will be, what exactly is the son selling to the buyer? And when is it taking place? Is he just, does the sale really occur right now? The sale occurs right now, and the buyer buys the substance of the property. It's just that he can't use it while the father has the rights to use it. But the sale really takes place right now. Or do we say that, no, the sale cannot take place. The reason why the sale cannot take place is because uh, of an idea called Kinin Peros Kikinin Haguf Dami, that the father's rights to the property prevent the son from having the ability to make any sort of a sale. The fact that the father has rights to the property, to use the property, prevents the uh, the son from selling the property at all. The son cannot sell the property at all. Having rights to the property do, uh, prevents anybody uh, from any some somebody else from selling the the substance of the property of sending the principle of the property itself to somebody else. But what does happen is that when the son wants to make the sale, the sale does not take place right now. But essentially, what it's saying by making such a sale is saying that once I get the property, i.e., his father passes away. But once I get the property, so then at that point in time, it will be transferred over to you. Once I get the property, then the sale will take place. Meaning the big difference between these two positions, and it's a, a very important distinction, is does the sale take place right now or not? According to one position, we will see it's the opinion of Rish Lakish, it does take place. The fact that the father has the rights to the property does not prevent the son from selling it. Selling it. The, sell, the son has the right to sell the property without the rights to use the property, but he has the right to sell the property itself. So the buyer buys the property. He can only use it once the father passes away. The other position is that no, since the father has rights to the property, so therefore the father is pre- prevents the son from making any sort of a sale. And the only thing the son could do is essentially say the sale is not taking place now, but once I get the property, so then the sale will go into effect once I get the property, i.e. once his father passes away. So then uh, the sale will come into effect once I get the property, says the son, and then that would work to give it to the to the buyer. A big difference between these two different positions is what happens if the son were to pass away before the father. So in general, we've been discussing a case where the son is alive but af- after the father passes away. But let's say the son passes away before the father. According to the first approach, which is, is the approach of Rish Lakish, even if the son passes away, it was a good sale to the buyer. So once the father passes away, the buyer now owns the property because it was a good sale originally. However, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says 
that no, the rights of the father prevent the sale entirely, and the sale only takes place once the son gets it, but the son passed away before the father passed away, so the son never gets the property. If the son never get, receives the property, so then it can never be transferred over to the buyer, to the one that uh, the father, the, the son sold it to. It never goes to the buyer, because the son never acquired it. The son never, it was never transferred to the son. And since, since it was never transferred to the son, and the sale only takes place after it is given to the son, and since the son passed away, so therefore it does not go to the buyer. Uh, and so this is uh, this is the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. Let's see this inside. The Itmar, and it was stated, Machar haben haben What happens if the son sold the property while his father was alive, and then the son passed away before during the lifetime of the father? So Rabbi Yochanan says that the buyer did not acquire the property. When the father passes away, even if the father were to pass away, the buyer does not acquire the property. Rish Lakish says, "No, the buyer does, did acquire the property." What are they arguing about? Rabbi Yochanan says that the a buyer did not acquire the property because the sale was not really a sale because since someone had rights to the property, so therefore the one, the the owner of the of the substance of the property, i.e., the son does not have the right to, to sell it. It was not a good sale. The sale only takes place once it's given over entirely to the son. That never happened because the son passed away before the father. And so, therefore, the buyer acquires absolutely nothing. It does not go to the buyer. Rish argues, Rish Amar, No, it is a good sale. Why? Because the ownership of the rights to the produce of a property, to use the property, does not prevent... Uh, the owner of the substance of the property to sell that part of uh, of his of his ownership. It does not prevent it. Therefore, the sale did take place at the time that the son sold it, and it's just that the the owner, the the buyer, cannot use the property because the father has rights to the property. So even if the son were to pass away, says Rish Lakish, before the father, still the sale took place. It's a good sale. Once the father then passes away, so then the the Buyer now has complete rights to the property. This is a dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. This is a very big dispute called Kinim Peres Kikin and Guftami. There's a lot to discuss within this topic, but we do not have the time to discuss. Uh, it's a very fascinating topic. But we follow the position of Rish Lakish. We follow the position of Rish Lakish to say that it really it is a good sale. That even though somebody else has rights to the property, the owner of the actual property has the right to make a sale. They don't. The the buyer does not have. Uh, the right to use the property, as long as the uh, the person who has the right to use the property is alive, or until the, the one who has the right to the property sells it. Uh, but the sale itself does take place. It would take place, and then in this case, the buyer has the rights to use the property once the father passes away. So we follow the position of Rish Lakish in these three cases.